1: The Why Watch That TV Talk. And we're back. We're back that we're back. (laughs) Um, Now we're going to move on to season premieres. Now we've talked about all of these shows. (laughs) These shows are back and they ain't playing nobody's games, especially elementary. That's on CBS. This sucker's been on there for seven seasons. (laughs) You know how I feel about it. Um, You know, no hate, but I am a Sherlock fan. Um, And that is the Sherlock on BBC. This is its final season, Elmery. And uh, the question is, how are they going to go out? Are they going to go out with a bang? Or are they going to fizzle?
0: Hmm. Well, after a certain serial killer was murdered by a certain someone at the end of last season, the aftermath of that led to a rift between the captain and Sherlock and Jones. Mm -mm. And after Sherlock took the fall for the killing in order to protect Joan, who was the suspect. The two of them moved from New York to London, which is Sherlock's home, of course. Okay. But London isn't the best fit for Joan, so that caused some friction. And then, of course, something happened to bring our two detectives back to New York, despite Sherlock's agreement to stay out of the U.S. or face arrest. And that's something ain't so good for the captain. Plus, just what do you think happens to Sherlock as a result? So in these final episodes of Elementary, the question will be exactly what will be the fates of Sherlock Jones, the captain, and detective, Marcus Bell, who has plans to become a U.S. Marshal? Hmm. Will they go back to being a team again somehow? Or will they go their separate ways? Also, who will pop up to get in their way? Hmm. Threats are lurking on the horizon. Hmm. But here's the thing. At this point in Elementary's run, everyone seems to be on autopilot. Mm. And while the show is what it is, and they know how to execute that competently, in the early going of this final shortened season, nothing that compelling has happened and I can't sense any urgency. Even still, if you've come this far with elementary, then you might as well finish it there's still, you know, Sherlock, regardless of what you think of him. And it's still slightly, barely above average as far as procedurals go.
1: Well, moving on to the very opposite. I mean, I don't know if you can get any more opposite. Netflix is has brought back She's Gotta Have It. Yep, Spike Lee, She's Gotta Have It. Season two, nine total episodes. Now, you know... I do support these actors, but I will not be watching this.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, and in the second season, Nola Darling, played by a spot-on DeWanda Wise, is back and in a relationship with Opal. And while the two lovebirds talk about raising Opal's daughter together or not... Just how long do you think their relationship is going to last? After all, Nola always takes care of Nola first, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can cause some abrupt changes. Plus her art, which is taking off and stoking controversy, comes first. In addition, there are the rest of her on-again, off-again lovers, including Mars, played fittingly by Anthony Ramos, who was kicked out of his sister's apartment, Jamie, whose marriage is ending, and the ever-so-ridiculous and conceited Greer, who's still Greer. And don't forget about Nola's friends, Shemeka, who's dealing with the aftermath of failed butt injections, oh. and Chloe, <laughs> who might have some splaining to do regarding a certain someone. There's also the return of the never-to-be-fooled-around with rock collector moss and the always-welcome presence of Heather Headley's Dr. Jameson. And so, once again, Spike Lee proves that his updated version of She's Gonna Have It is his best non-documentary work in over a decade. His classic and beautiful sights and sounds of New York City, along with mostly excellent music choices, are there, and his lingo still has its characteristic snap. There's a nice energy to it all. And because of that, and because of how well this story has been molded to fit the times, his occasional yet characteristic indulgences and tangents can be forgiven or just skipped over. This is perfect viewing for the summer.
1: Yeah, for you. Now, moving on to TNT's claws. She's back, Niecy Nash, and her nail salon fiends. They are all back. Third season. Now, Remember, Niecy almost got shot, and she was saved. What's she gonna do with that new
0: salvation? <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, after her brother killed her husband, who had to come in, Desna almost caught a bullet, as you said, but Virginia knocked her out of the way and caught it instead. And at the beginning of this season, everyone wants to know who's after Desna. In addition. Virginia got an eye transplant, (laughs) which has given her certain unexpected powers of perception. Polly received psychiatric help after being tormented by hallucinations of her dead twin sister. (laughs) Quiet Anne still can't get over her lying ex-lover. And Jennifer moved away from the group, which of course didn't last long. Plus to add insult to injury, Desna et al, after dispatching with their Russian nemeses, must contend with a crazy married couple who are the majority owners of the casino that Desna has a stake in thanks to her backstabbing deceased husband of less than a day.
1: <laughs>
0: and with that, here's the point.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: As long as Claus continues to find ways to keep the crazy fresh, it will be a good summer show that can give the craziest of soap operas a run for their money. And thankfully, the changes that they've made this season so far after two episodes I've seen suggest that that's their intention. This certainly has been the best start to any season so far. Plus, the cast knows how to talk that stuff and make you laugh too.
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, this, I, you know what? You have hung in there with the show, Queen of the South on USA. Yep. You love this show. I can't pinpoint why. I'm sure it's wonderful. They keep renewing it. But uh, a certain queen, her crown is widening, shall we say.
0: Oh, yeah. So we're in La Reina del Sur. Mm, <laughs> just love that. And after dispatching with Epifanio and Camila, Teresa's running things. Mm. She's la jefa now. Okay, jefa. And she's no dummy. You see, she has plans to go legit. Mm hmm. Okay. But she's in New Orleans now, which poses its own problems from political hurdles to local criminal factors. Plus, her drug supplier is questioning her loyalty. In addition, you gotta ask just who's gonna come back into her life to complicate things? Mm uh-huh. hmm. And so, as always, the question is whether Teresa will be able to continue to survive and expand her business in the face of numerous obstacles. And with that, I've got to say that, as always, (laughs) of the South is a great fit for the summer. Mm -hmm. It's a knowingly over-the-top show that doesn't put on airs and that actually manages to walk a fine line between ratcheting up suspense and making you laugh without becoming an outright laughing stock. Okay. Just wants to provide some semi-respectable entertainment and it succeeds without making you feel like a fool for watching it. (laughs) Teresa. Teresa.
1: Hats off to you, girl. Now look. You better tread lightly, critic. Mm. Luther is back. Yes, my boy is back. Mm, yeah. ew, ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> BBC America has released four more episodes of Luther. Yes, Idris Elba's Luther. The Luther that got me all tangled up, tied up, watching this series because he's dealing with some crazy women. Question is... It's
0: season five. Did we need it? Hmm. Well, we're one episode in, and we'll see if we need the remaining three. No. Now, look, yes, Idris Elba is back as the titular detective
1: mm.
0: who's never afraid to bend or even demolish the rules to get what he wants. <laughs> and, <Zoe. it> is... <laughs> and in this fifth season, he has a new partner which makes it harder for him to operate in the shadows. Oh. And he has the mob after him to boot. What? Plus, of course, there's a new killer on the loose whose therapist seems to be a bit too invested in his well-being.
1: Okay.
0: And guess who's back? Yes, Ruth (laughs) Wilson returns. Yes! As Alice Morgan, the serial killer who got away and who's fascinated by a mutually fascinated Luther. But... If the first episode of this season is, is any indication, Luther has gone from being far-fetched yet gripping to laugh-out-loud ridiculous at times. I mean, what happened to the writing? Oh, boy. I just hope, Ref, that oh. Alice can help to write the ship in the second episode, but I have my doubts because the key to this show is that Luther is in constant danger from within.
1: Yes.
0: But that has seemingly evaporated, leaving an unfortunately clear look at a new villain who underwhelms. I mean, am I supposed to take this seriously? I'll just put it this way. You should watch season five of Luther only if you've watched it up to now so that you can witness just how comparatively clumsy it has become. C'est dommage! What a shame.
1: Ooh, look at you using that uh, French that you've been learning. Spanish to French, look at that! (laughs) La la! Okay, (laughs) now. We have to end it with this. We should have probably ended it with a <laughs> higher note. But The Handmaid's Tale is back on Hulu for its third season. Now, we have had a very strong first season. And then there's been reports that the second season was, you know, just not quite as strong. And then now we're back. And she is making demands to the highest of highest authorities saying, you know, Either we gonna work together or not. That we, let's figure this out. Mm. Question is, is this all a trick, a plot, a ploy? And, is the story moving forward? Are these women ever gonna be free?
0: Uh, so, <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. As we know from the end of last season, Alfred gave her newborn daughter to, of Joseph to be taken away from Gilead to Canada so that she can go back for her older daughter who's in the clutches of one of Gilead's commanders and his nasty wife. Mm. But of course, things don't work out in the way that she hopes. Even still, yes, it's season three, so Offred's done with pretense. I mean, all bets are off, which actually doesn't mean much because everything takes forever to happen in this show. Mm. Anyway, regardless, Alfred's new attitude and behavior don't go down so well back at Fred's house, Uh especially for Fred's wife, Sabrina. But from there, the same sorts of questions still need to be answered, and so on and so forth. Now look, The Handmaid's Tale has always boasted effective visuals and acting, but I think that it, along with many of its proponents, have mistaken contemporary relevance and inescapable harshness for depth. Come on. Because frankly, this show really ain't that deep. I mean, this ain't that profound, people. All of its points are obvious. Thank you very much. But that doesn't have to be a problem because what has served The Handmaid's Tale the best is when it rides along with the engine of urgency. For instance, of Joseph's storyline, last season worked really well because it was urgent and concise. In addition, the notion of what the remaining United States could be like was a tantalizing prospect that quickened the pulse, only to be dropped. Mm. Because for some reason, the people who run this show like to drag things out. And so at this point, I'm just too exhausted to care about this show anymore. I mean, I couldn't even make it past this season's first episode. And I think that it's high time for this show's writers, along with many other show's writers, to stop elongating their narrative arcs for the sake of having multiple seasons on TV. Because if it's not urgent, then it's time to move on. I mean, why should we keep being tortured by a show for no no reason? Especially when it's warm outside. Hello. Oh,
1: boy. And then that... We end our quick hit of the season premieres and series premieres. Now, look, we ain't done. You know we ain't done. Summer is here. I don't care if it's hot outside. TV trying to keep you inside and on your phone and on your iPad. watching. So we're going to keep you in the (laughs) mouth.